Good to see everybody here. <clears throat> I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 today. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, and I'm going to finish today. This is my third week on this. This is my third week on strongholds. So we're going to talk about strongholds today. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. All right? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I've already emphasized this. The battle is in our heads. It's in our minds. You've got to get your thinking straight. I have to keep my thinking straight. Okay? I also, something came to me today. You know what? They're the old-timers, you know, I don't know who the old-timers were. When I hear old-timers, I think about the old guys before me. And the old-timers had all kinds of sayings. And uh, one of them says, how does it go? An idle mind is a devil's workshop. All right? You've got to be careful not to have too much time on your hands to be thinking silly thoughts because the devil will fill your mind with silly thoughts. Okay? I can remember a few years ago preaching and talking about uh, our mind being in neutral. So I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. I ran a red light a few months ago because my mind was in neutral. And about halfway through the red light, this other minivan was honking their horn at me. Yeah, honking their horn, and I'm trying to... At, at, at all at once, something welled up in me. I felt like I was in D.C. again. And then I looked at the light, and I'm like, oh, I'm just running a red light. Well, I was in a big vehicle, and I owned it. Not the vehicle. I owned the situation because I, nobody getting by. What was going on? My mind was in neutral. You've missed your turn before because your mind was somewhere else. You've got to be careful. An idle mind is a devil's workshop, and the devil will you, you keep your mind occupied with strange and silly thoughts. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law. This is Galatians 3.13. And, is, and it's condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. Now, the Lord Jesus purchased our redemption through his blood. So we are able to go free. We have the ability to go free. Just like you go to the hospital and you have a surgery. You go to the hospital and you have a surgery, now you're able to live longer. But if you don't take care of yourself post-op and do what they tell you to do, then you can allow yourself to get in a bad situation again. You can get if you if you're not careful, you infection will set in and if you don't take care of the infection, even though you had the surgery to give you more life, if you don't take care of the details of that surgery and that walk after that surgery, then you're susceptible to bad situations in your health. Amen? So we are uh, talking about redemption today, a redemption from strongholds. Jesus Christ shed his blood for us to be redeemed. In the New Testament, the idea of redemption has more of a suggestion of ransom. He paid our ransom. He paid our price. 
You and I were unable to do that. You and I were unable to pay the price. You and I were unable. You know, we weren't even born when all of this happened. We weren't even born when Jesus died on the cross. We weren't even born when he walked the, the, the hillsides of Galilee. But yet, in foreknowledge and predestination, the Lord laid out redemption for us once and for all. And so we have redemption through his blood. Amen. It says in Rome, uh, men are held under the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13, and they're also held under the curse of sin itself. Romans 7.27, Paul said this, But there is another law at work with me, within me. This other law is within me. Now, Paul's talking to Romans. The Romans here are church people. They are in the, the church at Rome. They're already Holy Ghost filled. They're already baptized. But Paul is talking to them, saying this. He said, there's something else that works inside of me that is always warring with my stomach. No, I'm never at war with my stomach. We are allies. My hands, wrist, elbow, and arm, mouth, esophagus, everything is an ally with my stomach. Everything. You can tell that by the fruit. Now, but Paul says, there's something that wars in my mind. The word mind and heart is the same thing in Scripture. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, or so does he become. Proverbs says that, doesn't it? So how do you think with your heart? Your heart's a pump. It pumps blood. Well, the heart here is talking about the emotions, the intellect. And so... As a man thinks in his heart, in his mind, so does he become. And so if, if I, what I think in my mind, that's what I become, why wouldn't the enemy want to work a law in my mind to change my thinking, to derail my thinking? How about you, you, you come in this house and you, you get a blessing, you get a touch from the Lord, and you walk out of here, and before you can get to your car, you get a text. You get a phone call. You get something that steals your victory. Maybe that's never happened to you. But it's happened to me. And then everything that you just gained in this gathering, you've lost before you get to your car in the parking lot. Because there's birds. Remember that message? Some of you remember that message I preached about the birds. The birds, the birds will come to steal the seed. The birds will come to steal the blessing. The birds will come to steal everything that God just put inside of you. So in your mind, he said, the law wins the, this law wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Yes, Paul says, I'm Holy Ghost filled. Yes, I still have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yes, I've been baptized. Yes, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. But he said, there's still a law in me that if I don't keep it under control, it will fight with me and it will win. All of us are susceptible to that. But the Redeemer purchases their deliverance by offering himself as a payment for their redemption. Ephesians 1.7 and 1 Peter 1.18 it Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, 
that forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption through the blood. Through the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength. The blood. You've got to have the blood. A lot of churches today don't want to talk about the blood. They don't want to talk about the sacrifice. But Paul said, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. First Peter says this, For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from the vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. The devil doesn't want you to go back to the blood. The devil doesn't want you to think about the blood. The devil doesn't want you to realize and recognize that you are purchased with blood. You see, that's something that he's not purchased with. He's not purchased with blood. He's not sanctified by blood. He's not justified by blood. The devil cannot and never will be able to receive redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. But you and I can. That's why he hates you. Has the devil fought anybody this week? Three or four. Good. That's good. Because if he's not fighting you, you're not a threat to him. If the devil hasn't fought you this week, you're not a threat to him. We could go home. Just like last week about this time, I dropped a good one. We could go eat. You could have brunch. You have the only way you have brunch around here is Matt Jones is preaching. Grandpa said, he said, I kind of like it when you're gone. Now, fortunately, he was my father-in-law, so I had, I knew he couldn't get rid of me. So I'm like, well, what do you mean? If you want to know how people are thinking, if you need information, if you use those words and those orders, what do you mean? That's all you got to do. It's not being obtrusive or intrusive. It's not being, you know, nosy. He says, well, what do you mean? And find out. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, Matt was done at by 1130. We were walking out by, he said, you know, we even had time to go get in line and get lunch. I said, so what are you saying? He said, well, you you preach too long. I said, okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Guess what? Here we are. The blood. The blood. You've got to have the blood. The devil doesn't want you to accomplish what God has for you, what he's written in your scroll, what he's written in your book of destiny. You say, you really believe that, Pastor? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Before I took my first breath, every event of my life was recorded in the book. And so the devil is going to fight you and fight you and fight you. And if he's fighting you, that's a good sign that you're on the right direction and the right path. Amen? So let's go on here. Spiritual strongholds are arguments, lofty opinions, and thoughts that are raised against the knowledge of God or are held in esteem over Him. These thoughts, these arguments, these opinions come from our mind. 
The devil puts them in our mind and says, you don't have to do it God's way. You can do it this way because this is right for you. Ran into an interesting situation this week. Somebody was giving another person a Bible study. And they brought up a scripture that was, that was pertaining to the situation that they were teaching about. And the person in the Bible study said, says, okay, so here's what the word says. The word says to do this, this, and this. I mean, it's like as easy as A, B, C, one, two, three. And the student said, I don't agree with that. That's the word. It doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. That's the word. The word doesn't change for our circumstances. The word doesn't change. I know we live in a world of change. We live in a world, I mean, Dr. Seuss has been canceled. We live in a world where Dr. Seuss has been canceled. We live in a world where they're destroying the statues of the men who freed the slaves. Figure it out. We live in a cancel, a cancel culture. A cancel culture. We, we, we live in a world of relativism. Of how we feel. Do I feel like that's good? You know, I don't come to church because I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel that I need. We're all touchy and feeling now. Everybody's getting a ribbon. Everybody, I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets a ribbon. What am I saying here? I'm trying to say here that the Word of God is absolute. The Word of God will never change. And we either have to conform to the Word, or the Word is going to break us, and the Word will convict us. Amen? So you have to decide, are you going to live by the Word or are you not going to live by the Word? It doesn't matter if you agree with the Word or not. When the Word says A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, that's what the Word says. Jesus said, but my Word is forever settled in heaven and in earth. Amen. Can somebody say amen? So in our minds is where the argument comes. In our minds is where the opinions come. In our minds is where we raise against the thoughts, against the knowledge of God, what God can do. And these become strongholds in our life and in our thinking. You've got to get your mind clear. Strongholds are rooted in pride because they rely on the self. I'll do it my way. Regrets I've had of you. I don't remember the next line. I did it my way. Well, I wonder if Elvis could be with us today if he did the right thing by doing it his way. Or Mr. Sinatra. You see what I'm saying? Strongholds are rooted in pride that we can handle it ourselves. Oh, I've got this, Pastor. I've got this. I've got this. You know, as pastor, I try to just watch after everybody, try to make sure... You know, you stay positive, stay on the right track. And so there was one time I was telling I was telling somebody this the other night. I was talking to somebody, and they had missed a lot of church. And I'm telling them, you're missing a lot of church, man. You're missing a lot of church. And I said, listen, all that you say that you're busy doing is just a trap of the devil to keep you out of church. Because church is your Holy Ghost gas station. You know, you come to church and get your tank filled, and then that keeps you going until Wednesday or Sunday, however it works for you. And then, and then you come back and you get some more. 
And I said, if you're not careful, the devil's going to tie you up so much with distractions that he will trip you up and destroy you, and you will not be in church. Now, this was all over text. This is the response that they sent me. I am not lying, okay? I don't lie. The response was, LOL. Now, I did not take that as lots of love. But what happened was, and before, listen, that was about the last time that I saw them for years in church. And the next time I saw them in church, guess what? They were having issues up on the hill where my dad would call call Quality Hill. It's up there on on, uh, Gallatin and 8th Street. You know what's up on the hill at Gallatin and 8th Street? The big man in, in the, the black cape, and then it's not Batman either. That's the next time I saw him. I don't know if you remember that or not, but when I got LOL, I lost my mind. Up in there, up in, I, was in my, I was in my family room, and I lost my mind. I said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But you see, the devil will clog our minds and cloud our minds with all of this stuff that we think we can rely on ourselves, that we can do this ourselves. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The, the strongholds lead to a prideful heart, to unhealthy thought patterns, and to habitual sins that we just can't seem to overcome. Brother Gary was telling me today we were talking and he said the definition of insanity crazy is this. Keep doing what you're doing and expect a different result. You can't keep doing what you're doing and expect a different result. What you've been doing is what you're always going to get until you change your way of thinking, until you pull down that stronghold. Brother Gary and I were talking when he first came to church here in 2013. Now he said he was sweating bullets. He said he was nervous. I can't anybody be nervous about coming in here to church can't believe it but he said when i got here my cousin was here and she came in with me and he has tried to tell me for seven years who his cousin was and i have i don't know if i've ever met his cousin i'm saying brother gary that was an angel Dressed like your cousin, because I don't even remember your cousin. And I remember just about everybody that's come here once or twice. I do know that. But he says, i tell you what I've learned. He said, the old man would have done this, this, and this. But he said, I've learned that you have to change some things in order to have a different result. And that's what's pulling down a stronghold is. It's to pull down that thinking that says, I can do this like by myself. I can rely on myself when God wants you to tear down the stronghold. Amen? Oh, yes. Yes. Anything that we trust in besides the Lord can become a spiritual stronghold. Because strongholds are spiritual, our battle to fight them takes place in the spiritual realm and needs to be fought with spiritual weapons. I'm going to tell you, you can't drink what Carlita drinks at 5 a.m. and beat a stronghold. Amen. I mean, I, Carlita was, she was tired one day and I'm like, Carlita, just stay in bed. Just sleep a little longer. 
It's like 4.45. I said, oh, my Lord. I'd be tired too. I go to. I went to bed last night at 11.15, and I, I bet I flopped and mopped and cottontailed until 1.15. I should have just stayed up. Pitiful. But anyway, we got to fight with spiritual tools, spiritual weapons. you got to fight it with the Word. you got to fight it with the confession of your mouth. you got to fight it with the blood. you got to fight it with, with, with the power in you, the Holy Ghost. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Lord sending, what was he going to send to tear down strongholds in the Old Testament? He said, Behold, I'm going to send a fire. He said that in four different places. He said it in Amos, and he said it in Hosea. He said, I'm going to send a fire. You know what? You be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You've got power in your life. I've got power in my life that we can begin to look at these thought patterns in our lives and begin to tear them down. Amen? Give the Lord some praise. Amen? Kind of wake up those who are sluggish right now. We gotta tear down these strongholds, brothers and sisters, and we gotta do it spiritually. Ephesians 6.10 affirms that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons, but spiritual ones that enable us to stand against the devil's schemes. These are the weapons that God has provided for us. Let me tell you something. The devil is a schemer. And he will not attack you, okay? He will not attack you with a tsunami of sin. Because, has anybody ever watched YouTube tsunamis? Okay. Now, most of the time you don't see them coming. They just kind of sneak up on you. Good, the Lord's been to him, and their life is full of trash and junk and addictions and lawsuits and, and law and courts and all of this other mess. They don't like all that. They don't like that because the devil hates your guts. He doesn't like you living for the Lord. He doesn't like you walking with him. So you walk with your feet, child, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying at all times in the Spirit. you got to pray in tongues more than you pray in English. You gotta pray in tongues more than you pray in English. You say, Pastor, I just can't do it. I'm say, okay, just keep practicing. Just keep practicing till you can do it. Just keep practicing till you do it riding the lawnmower. Just keep practicing till you doing it driving your car. Just keep practicing until you can just do it in the shower, where you can just do it at Walmart if you have to. I'm just telling you, you've got to have the spiritual weapons ready to go in your life. As wise believers, we must tear down spiritual strongholds in our lives using these spiritual tools. You've got to use the Word. You've got to believe the Word. You've got to believe that you're righteous. Now, I could, just, I could just stop and just dwell on that the rest of the time. Because a lot of us do not believe we're righteous. A lot of us don't think that we're worthy. I'm not worthy. A lot of us don't think that we're really yet up to the point where God can say we're righteous. Righteousness takes one thing. It takes one thing to be righteous. It takes, you ready? Belief. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. 
Righteousness means to be justified. You are justified simply because you believe. We are justified simply because we have faith. We are justified when we walk with the Lord in faith. So you have righteousness in your life. But the devil lies to you and says, no, you don't. You did this Thursday. You did this on Tuesday. You don't have righteousness because you were letting the Lord down. But you got to remember something. The blood of Jesus covers us from all, cleanses us from all sin. We have to get in our minds that the blood of Jesus, no matter how bad the devil tells us we are, no matter how bad a person in our life tells us how bad we are, we have to remember that God loves us unconditionally. Before we were born, Christ died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. When I was unlovable, he already died. When I was doing all my sinning, he was doing all his dying. Hallelujah. Are you seeing what I'm saying? When the devil tells you you're not, Jesus says you are. Hallelujah. When the devil says you can, Jesus is saying you can. Now, we sin. We ask God to forgive us. Okay, back up. We sin. We feel like trash. All right? I had to put that in there. It's called conviction. Now, we sin, first of all, first of all, our flesh leads us to the, to the place of sin, to where the environment, the surroundings around us are conducive for us to sin. Right? We're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. Right? I'm, t- I'm quoting the word, James. Well, I don't like that part, but it don't matter. It's here. It's in James. Drawn away and enticed and we sin. And then we feel like trash. It don't matter what color you are. Yellow trash, white trash, black trash. Trash. We're just trash. Brown trash, red trash, trash. Purple trash. Whatever. Trash. We just feel like trash. Trash. Look at your neighbor and tell him trash. 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 We feel like trash. So we feel like trash, and then we say, Jesus, forgive me. I want to stop doing this. Help me. Forgive me, Lord. Let your blood cover my life in Jesus' name. And we get up, and we we like Edison. We stumble up, and we try to get our balance, and we start walking. And the devil says, you think he's going to forgive you after what you just did? And you're going to say that little simple prayer, and the Lord's going to forgive you. That's where the war is at, in your head. Yes, he will forgive you with that simple little prayer. But you see, now the war is not listening and believing the voice of the enemy, but believing what the Word says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Yes? Isn't that what it says? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And that's why when you confess your sins, it don't matter what I did on Thursday. It doesn't matter, devil, what I did on Saturday because I'm walking in righteousness. I'm walking justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have to use these tools 
to tear down the wall, to tear down the strongholds. Oh, my. Wow. Hallelujah. A wise man scales the city walls, Proverbs 21, 22, of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. It's going to take a while to tear down a stronghold. You're not going to tear down a stronghold in one day because it wasn't built in a day. Tearing down strongholds is not easy. And when we begin to fight, you will experience resistance. Brother Gary, the strongholds that you had from years ago that you're overcoming now, when you first started, when that situation came up, that stronghold arose. Was it hard to begin to do it a different way? Yes. It's hard to start to dismantle. Because I'm telling you, these have been built in our lives. These have been built in our lives from our past. Maybe through abuse. Maybe through, uh, uh, you know, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, molestation. I'm telling you, all of these things. And guess what? Abuse doesn't just happen in the home. Church has abuse too. Good thing we took the offering right now. There's spiritual abuse in church. You, you, you go to a church where the pastor likes power and authority and, and, and bless God, this is the way it is. You know, he's supposed to be a shepherd. He's supposed to love. He's supposed to caress. He's supposed to keep, corral. You know, bless God, this is the way it is and this is the way it's going to be. And if you don't like it, the Holy enables us to be free from them and to give us the ability to operate in his power and to help others be free from them as well. Guess what? When you learn how to take down a stronghold in your life, you can help somebody else tear down a stronghold in their life. Yeah. You can help somebody else tear down a stronghold in their life. That's why the devil fights you. He doesn't want you getting free yourself. Because if you get free yourself, you can help somebody else get free. If you get free from a curse and a stronghold, you can help somebody else get free from a curse and a stronghold. So the devil's going to fight you. He's going to fight, and he's going to fight, and he's going to try to hold you down, and he's going to lie to you, and he's going to do all of this mess. But the devil is a liar. Instead of depending on ourselves and being in bondage, we can fully place our trust in God. Go to the Word. Everybody say the Word. It's the Word, the Word. We're a Word church. We want to be Word people. I want to be a Word preacher. I want to be a Word man of God. I want to be a Word husband. I want to be a Word guy. I want to be within the Word. I want to know what the Word says. What's the Word saying? I don't agree with that. It don't matter what you agree with. That's what the Word says. It's the Word, the Word, the Word. Come on, you can't change a Word. You're just walking around like spiritual Sally. Quoting the Scriptures the way you want to. Applying them the way you want to. The scripture talks about that the, the Bible says that the scriptures are no, of no private interpretation. And there are those in the end time who will wrestle the scriptures to their own destruction. Amen. You don't get the, the word, you don't take a scripture to fit your situation. Amen. And make it the scripture try to fit in what you want. You take the, your situation and fit it against, put it against the word. And what does the word say? And guess what? All of us have been wrong. All of us. All of us have problems. 
All of us have problems in here. All of you out there in TV land, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, Roku, Voodoo, Hindu, Shanto, whatever you're watching this on, I'm telling you, all of us have problems. None of us can get away with anything because we've all got junk in our closets. And we got to get our junk out of our closets and you got to pull down the stronghold. And you have to take the Word and put the Word in you because in the Word you will find the weapons to bring down the stronghold and make the Lord the stronghold in our life. Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I shall I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Look what the last word is in that verse. My stronghold. You've got to make the Lord your stronghold. Stop doing it on your own. You know, if a lot of people would quit doing it on their own, they could stop taking all the drugs they're taking to ease the pain that they have. I didn't say that, did I? You could save a lot of money. You could give to missions. Just think, if you didn't have to have all that money for Valium, amen, and all those other medications you take. Now, I know there's medical situations. So don't rise up against me and say, you know, I, I, you got sometimes you got to have medicine. Yeah, you got to have medicine. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about in your mind, your restlessness in your mind, your tortured thinking in your mind, your troubled thinking in your mind, and you've got to, you've got to take this pill, or you got to take this, or you got to do that to get sleep and rest. And let me tell you something: if you let the Lord tear down the stronghold in your life and let Him become your stronghold, according to Psalm eighteen two, then you can sleep a lot easier. Amen. You can sleep with a lot of rest. Psalm ninety four twenty two. But the Lord has been my stronghold and my God, the rock of my salvation. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you know what's going to happen? He said, either we are going to fall on the rock and let it break us into pieces. Okay? Or he said, the rock will fall on you and crush you to powder. All of us in our lives know of somebody in our lives that was on the right path and then got on the wrong path, and they were destroyed. I know ex-businessmen, ex-millionaires, bankrupt. Bankrupt. Because they couldn't surrender and let the Lord be the stronghold in their lives. Surrender. Surrender. Good word there. Just surrender. Just give up. Stop running. Stop fighting. Start letting the Lord do it. Even though we will experience resistance when we begin destroying spiritual strongholds, we can remain confident in the Lord. Matthew 16, 18. Amen. Getting ready to close. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm getting ready to close. Peter said, Jesus said this, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you something. The most powerful force in the world is the church. Now, we're sitting here today, and there's some empty seats here beside us. You know, some of you have a chance. It's like getting on an airplane and having all three seats. All right? Brandon would get a blanket, cover his whole body. 
And that wasn't with three seats open. That was in his seat. And I watched him for eight hours fly to Europe under a blanket. He didn't come out until we landed. He was snug as a bug in a rug. But you get on a plane, you got three seats. You say, oh, man, you can sit there. You can put down all three trays if you want. You can sit in the middle. You can talk to your friend on the right and your friend on the left. The last time I went flying, I actually sat in. I sat in. I was in between a, man, a husband and a wife. So I get on the plane. They say, "Grab a seat." All the left seats are left, or the middle seats. So I sit down. There's a woman over here, and there's an older woman, an older guy here, and he got up and let me in. All right. So I have a two and a half hour flight. About two hours into the flight, uh, I had pulled out some material that I was reading. And, uh, <laughs> hey, I was reading about personality disorders. And it was dark on the plane, so, of course, I had my light on. And uh, apparently the lady looked over and she said, Oh, I see you're reading about blah, blah, blah. Yes, I said, I'm a pastor, and I was just trying to figure out some things. And, uh, oh, she said, Well, my husband and I, we, we like to do missions work. I said, Really? She said, yeah, that's my husband there. So I said, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, so for two hours, I have sat between, I, I'm the thing in between your marriage right now. Is that true? She said, yes. She said, he didn't want to sit in the middle. He won the aisle. I won the window. So, yes, you're, this, I'm his wife. And I looked at him and he said, and I'm her husband. I said, Okay. So the next 30 minutes, we got to talking, and I guess my ear, my my ears were plugged up. Mitchell and all of them sitting about four rows up in front, and they're hearing us all talk about missions and tithing and uh, Impact Mission Ministry International and all this. And I'm talking about tithing. You know? Mitchell said, Dad, I heard you rose up front. I said, well, people need to give. Amen. But guess what? The church is the most powerful thing on the face of the earth. The church is. Empty seats here today. But you're you're part of the church. You are the church. I don't have time to get into it. First Corinthians six, I believe it says that you 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 are a temple of the Holy Ghost. The church goes where you and I go. We take the church with us everywhere we go. This is just a building we assemble in. But Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus said, I'm gonna build on this rock. Now it wasn't Peter, Peter wasn't a rock, it was the revelation of who Jesus was. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Psalm 144, 1 and 2 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. The Lord is training you for war. Amen. And my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress. My what? My stronghold and my deliverer. My shield in whom I take refuge who subdues people under me. You need to get that scripture and copy it. English Standard Version. First of all, he trains your hands for war. God wants you to do warfare in your life. He wants you to warfare against darkness. He wants you to warfare against strongholds and and crooked thinking in your lives. He wants that. He said, and my fingers for battle. You see, a war is made up of multiple battles. 
So he's got our hands ready for the war, the whole thing. And then he said, now the details are, I'm going to give your fingers power in the battles. The small stuff. You know, with a hand, you just smash the bug. Right? But when you smash him, then with your fingers, you take him apart and dissect him. Pull the wing off. Don't even, don't even go there. I know all of you used to do it. used to catch flies. And you pull one wing off at a time. I know, Holy Ghost is working right now. I can see you. You pull one wing off, and then you watch him. Then you pull the other wing off. And then finally, you took his head off. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I know. What are you doing? I'm talking about God wants to get into the details of your life. Those details that have put that stronghold in your life. God's ready for you to give you intelligence and to give you wisdom and knowledge on how to pull down that stronghold. My fingers for battle. He's my steadfast love and he's my fortress. He is my stronghold. The Lord is my stronghold and he's my deliverer. Hallelujah. Who subdues the people under me? And finally, stand therefore. I'm going back to Ephesians. I'm going back to these weapons, okay? I'm closing. Let's all stand. Let's all stand and get you out of here. Amen. I did it, Clark. Every slide. He said, look at all those. Look at all those. He ain't getting done today. I said, I'm getting done because next week's Easter. You don't want to hear about strongholds on Easter. I guess we could preach about strongholds. The stronghold of that grave. That didn't last very long either, did it? Uh, he rolled away. Amen. You got to stand. First of all, you got to stand. Okay? You got to stand. Don't vacillate. Don't waffle. You got to stand in the battle. The thing the enemy would like to do is he would like to take you out. In the midst of your battle, the enemy wants to take you out. But let me tell you something. When you are weak, that's when he's strong. When you can't do it on your own, that's when the Lord carries you through. When you can't do it by yourself, that's where the Lord wants you. When you cannot do it by yourself, that's where he wants you. To where you have to depend on him. I remember Sister Madonna when she first started coming here, I think she had it on her license plate. Frog. Frog. Fully rely on God. Frog. See, the enemy wants you to, to go back to an addiction. The enemy wants you to go back to an old lifestyle. The enemy wants you to say, See, look, you were in the church and you went through the battle. If you wouldn't have been in church, you wouldn't have been in the battle. Well, you got to remember, the devil is a What? liar so he's lying to you and then he says see why did god let that bad thing happen to that good person does this sound like him so what you got to do is you got to set a stand you got to stand your ground use your stubbornness for something good for a change i ain't moving i ain't stopping i'm still showing up if you can't do anything but show up and sit on a pew, show up and sit on a pew. Somebody said, well, yeah, so-and-so did this, and they'll probably just do that. I said, at least they're there. I came up under the tutelage of one boss that said, Brother Tracy, as long as they keep coming to church, God still has a shot. That was pretty good. Brother Tracy, as long as they keep showing up, still got a shot. Amen. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. And then have the belt of truth on you. That belt of truth. Some of you may need to, every morning, may need to put your armor on. 
Physically, you may need to put your armor on. Before you leave, stand in front of the mirror and put on your armor to fight the battle. Because I guarantee you, there's going to be a battle that day. There's going to be a battle that day. And when you're at your lowest point, that's when the devil's going to bring the, the best temptation in the world to you. And you've got to have the belt of truth on. Amen? Hallelujah. you got to have that belt on. And then you have to have the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what is, the, what is righteousness? So you got your, you're covering all your vital organs with the breastplate here. You're covering your heart. You're covering your lungs. You're covering, you know, your spleen. You're covering all your gizzards and everything that you got down there. And it's righteousness. We got a gizzard somewhere, somewhere. So you're covering your vital organs with righteousness. What is upright? What's what's that? You're upright. You're justified. You're justified. How do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? Faith. You're justified. You're justified to do that. Amen. And put your shoes on with the gospel. Ready to go. Everywhere I go, I'm taking the gospel. Repent, get baptized, get the Holy Ghost. Let the power of God, the fire of God burn in your life. Take care of those strongholds. Put it on there. Amen. You guys want to get me a song? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. you got to have a shield. you got to have a shield. Why? Because the devil's going to send darts at you. One version says he's going to send missiles. The devil sends missiles at you. You better be ready because he's going to try to blindside you. But you get that defense system up, that shield of faith to extinguish those darts. Amen. Yes? Is that all? Jonathan, did you lock me out? And take on the helmet of salvation. You got to have the helmet of salvation. You got to protect your mind. You got to protect your mind. The devil's going to lie time after time after time, but you've got to protect your mind. If you don't, the devil will fill your mind with silliness and arguments. We read it in 2 Corinthians. He's going to fill your mind with arguments and opinions and thoughts against God and against God can't do this and God can't do that but you know what God can do whatever he wants but we have to provide him the stage to do it all hallelujah and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God got to get the word going praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication in Jesus name Pray in the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters. So, I'm done. Three lessons. Strongholds. Pull down strongholds in your life. Maybe there's a stronghold that the Lord has revealed to you while the last couple of weeks while we've been talking about this. Tonight, today I'm going to ask you, just come on up front, bring that stronghold with you. I'm going to ask you to bring that stronghold with you and leave it here at the altar. What am I meaning? Then, then I'm, is it going to be gone? No, Pastor, it ain't going to be gone yet. But what you're doing is symbolically you're saying, I'm going to lay this at the altar and it's not coming back. I'm going to fight it until I'm overcoming it completely. I'm going to fight 
the stronghold and I'm going to tear it apart until it's completely gone and I never have to deal with it again. Because eventually you will tear it down and it will disappear and you'll never see it again. The more you win, the more you fight, the more you win, the stronger you get. You hearing me? When you first come into the kingdom, you're fighting little battles and little things. You're winning on little things. And that just builds your faith and builds your faith. But I guarantee you, after 40 years, I'm fighting some bigger things now than I was 40 years ago. But that, but my confidence is in the Lord. Because the Lord is my stronghold. And if he brought me through these, he'll bring me through this. Remember David? God gave me the lion. And God gave me the bear. If he gave me those, who is this giant? Amen. As we sing, if you got a stronghold you want to leave at the altar, let's bring it up here now. Bring it up here. Just bring it up front. Come through the steps. Whatever that issue is you want to get rid of. Bring it up here to the steps. Amen. Okay. Come on, just bring it up, whatever it is. I'm not going to ask you what it is. Nobody's going to ask you what this stronghold is. Now you just give it to the Lord. You just give it to the Lord. I want you to identify it. I want you to call it out by name. You know what it is. Lord, I'm dealing with this stronghold for years in my life. I'm dealing with this stronghold for years, and I'm planning here symbolically at this altar today that, Lord, I'm telling you I want help with it. I'm telling you, Lord, I want you to help me destroy this stronghold of thinking and this stronghold of behavior in my life once and for all in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I realize that it may take months It may take weeks, it may take months, it may take years. But Lord, I, to the best of my ability, I'm tearing it down. I'm tearing it down with your help, Lord, until you are my stronghold. Until you are my victory. Until you are my power in the name of Jesus.
miracle's going to happen. Come on, that stronghold's going to come down, brothers and sisters. The anointing fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of God. That anointing fire is coming. take us a lifetime with some of these strongholds, but we're going to do it. We're going to pull it down in the name of Jesus. We're going to pull it down in the name of Jesus, Lord. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, Lord. Lord, I cover this stronghold right now. And maybe you know when it started. Maybe you know the event. Maybe you know the time, the place, what happened. But Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against this stronghold. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I know your flesh thinks that this isn't profitable, but this is profitable. Let your spirit talk to that thing. Let the Holy Ghost speak through your mouth to that stronghold. Tandele si. La Kurinda Shando Yanda Mahataya, Ayana Mahataya, Malodomo, Sanda Mahataya Mahoto, Yatata, Yandala, La Lamo, Rada, Laramo, Shata, Ramaha, Yamama Mahataya, Aliodia Lamo, Sakata, Lakata, Shamoto, Toto, 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 Mohaya, Ayana Mahu, Yana Mahu, Sikata, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus name, Yamaha, Yemomo, Momo, Yalala Mahasande, Momo, Hotata, Sikita. Oh God, we believe in you're going to tear down thought processes. You're going to tear down habits that are destructive. You're going to tear down, Lord, the hurt factor in our lives that keeps producing hurt, not only for us, but for others. You're going to tear down that stronghold. Tear 